Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and uh, we have a great show for you today. We have my friend Bradley Martin. Brad is an independent licensed social worker for SC House Calls. And he spends his time counseling, working on mental health issues with patients uh, from, from their practice and does an incredible job. I've heard Brad speak at a conference and uh, just just phenomenal. So, Brad, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Today, we want to we want to talk about, you know, some what you guys are doing and how you're utilizing um, your services. So kind of give us a background, how you got into social work and, and kind of where did it all begin for you? Yeah. So for me, it, it really started, I was exposed to the mental health field at a, at a really young age. My, my mom who spoke at the conference with me, that was a really cool experience as a practicing psychiatrist in Atlanta. Um, and so I was exposed to that, but was a little too, too bad at math and and science to really feel like I could pull off the med school thing. And I've found that I really enjoyed listening and connecting with others, which yeah. is really kind of the foundation of therapy and counseling. And so from there, wandered into psychology and then wandered into social work. And uh, here we are. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's great. I know, I know people get into that work because they really truly want to help people. And, and I think there's a, there's a lot of myths about social workers. People, when they hear the word social worker, they, they automatically think it's the person coming to take away their kids, you know? <laughs> and so there's so yeah. many different aspects of that job. And, and oh, yeah. so describe what you do at SC house calls and kind of give us a, a 40,000 foot view of kind of what you guys do. Um, and your department? Yeah, so our really, we provide mainly individual counseling or individual psychotherapy. Um, those words are kind of interchangeable um, with within our system. It's referred to as psychotherapy. That's why I like to use that word, sure, um, to help our providers understand best how to access um, myself and my colleagues. Um, and really, we're seeing folks on an individual basis. A lot of what we work with is anxiety, depression. Um, we work a little bit with PTSD, but again, that's mainly addressing some of the depression and anxiety symptoms that come up. Um, we do have some knowledge and skills for addressing trauma. Um, I've worked a little bit with eating disorders. Um, it, it really just kind of runs the gamut in terms of mental health. Sure. Um, that those folks can come and see us. It's it's really been a challenging environment working here because this is probably the broadest population I've ever worked with. Yeah. Uh, and but but that was just to give you kind of a snapshot of some of the most common reasons that folks uh, are referred over to see us. And it's it's myself, my good colleague who couldn't be here with us today, uh, Sarah Padula, um, and we actually have a third. Um, therapist uh, that's also a social worker now working with us named Alexis um, Simpson. She's also been doing fantastic work over the last couple of weeks. So it's all three of us. Um, and really, we just take on cases as they come. We kind of evaluate what's going on, determine um, need, how often a person wants to be seen, if they're interested in engaging in the process, and then kind of go from there. Is that kind of a 40,000 yeah, foot view? Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And so, so, you know, thinking, uh, from the provider, you know, 
perspective. You've got a provider, you know, for SC house calls, they're out in the field, they're going, you know, they're visiting people in the house, you know, you know, right at their home. Um, they're also, you know, doing patient visits on via telehealth, you know, and, you know, via a video chat or even a phone call and providing care in that way. So, you know, as, as we're thinking about those providers, what are some of the things as they're in the home, as they're, they're on those telehealth visits with their patients and they're looking at medications and, and, and you know, they know, you know, that their patient has suffers from depression and, and, and different, you know, things like that. You know, what are some of the typical things that they would refer to you and, and what are what should they be looking for to understand what, you know, what what they can refer to you best? Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of times it is symptoms of depression, symptoms of symptoms of anxiety. If a person is uh, experiencing symptoms of, of trauma, um, maybe to a post-traumatic stress disorder level, maybe not. Um, and, and really, the, the biggest thing I want providers to know is that our services require the engagement of the patient. So ask them if that's something that would benefit them. Give them the best 30-second pitch of what psychotherapy is and how it could be helpful, which is this is a space for you to talk about how you're feeling, for me to really listen. Sure. Um, and... Uh, you know, also, you don't have to have all the answers. If you can't answer all their questions, let us answer some of those questions. I'm happy to do that. Or if you have a question for me, please reach out to me. I am always willing to answer. I will yeah. message, talk, email. Um, we'll we'll get through it. Um, but the the biggest thing I want to leave is that that folks have to want to be engaged with 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 us because my sessions get really awkward when I'm like, hey, so what do you want to talk today? talk with me about today. And they're like, uh, nothing. I don't know why you're talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and absolutely. I, mean, I can navigate that. That's okay. But, but <laughs> yeah, you know, Brad, tell us, you know, without using names, obviously tell us some of the success stories, you know, for people that have been referred to you, you know, what are some of those things that you guys have really been able to help and make a difference in, in these patients lives? Um, I, I think of a number of folks with really, really severe um, anxiety that were having to miss work shifts that were not, you know, not being successful in the things that they wanted to do. Um, and, and even just having that space, it, it really is as much as I know that it's true and as much as I've read the research and I know that it's true, it feels sometimes to me like we're we're not doing a lot, but overwhelmingly when I ask patients, they're like, look, I just had a space where I could talk and you would listen to me. Yeah. And that was tremendous relief for me because there was no one in my life that would listen to me or no one in my life that I felt like I could burden with this and I can burden you. And I try to tell them I'm not burdened and I'm okay. I'm, I'm self-care and I'm trained to, to manage this. Like, please don't worry about hurting me. Um, but you know, that's, overwhelmingly and they're they're able to go back to work they're able to function they're able to do the things that they want to do whether it's work or something else and right and kind of manage how they're feeling a little bit better um that's happened with tons of people anxiety's been a big thing recently that we've really I've worked through with some folks um yeah yeah and it's and it's it, it's a definite real thing i think you know, what are, what do you think some of the, you know, there's, there's some people that, you know, they look at mental health issues and they think, 
you know, are they really feeling that? Are they really, you know, is it, you know, are they really going through that? Or, or a provider may, you know, just say, you know, I'm just going to rely on medication. Why is it so important for people to utilize counseling as a part of, you know, in addition to, you know, medication? And, you know, I think some people think medically and then they don't connect, you know, you know, counseling with the medical part. You know, why should they really be kind of using both methods? Well, and I, I'm so glad that you asked this question because this is this is a conversation that not only have I had with a number of providers, but I've had with a number of patients as well, yeah. where I will literally be asked. And sometimes when we've gotten to know each other a little bit, they're a little gentler about it. And they're like, I'm not trying to sound defensive, but like, what is the point of you? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and it really, I mean, the evidence shows um in treatment of mental health, that the gold standard is medication intervention along with talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a number of reasons for that. One, people frequently don't want to be on medications for the rest of their lives. Sure. Um, many people tell me that. Now, I don't jump in there with them and I'm not like, sweet, stop taking all your anxiety meds. Let's see what happens. But I'm like, well, maybe if this medication is helping to make this emotion more bearable, we can talk about ways to manage it. We can talk about how you're managing and how things are going and get you to a better place in your life where maybe you don't need it. Maybe yeah. that's not the case. That's not necessarily a goal I like to set with people. Um, but that's that's one reason. I, I think another is that um, sometimes d- depression and anxiety, all of that stuff comes out of different life circumstances that people are struggling to navigate. Yeah. And they can really use a sounding board to help guide their decision making in whatever that circumstance is, whether it's a job change, a life change, relationships, um, you know, it's it's usually something in that area underneath that that is going that is going on. It's you know, it, it's not always I just started feeling sad yesterday. And right. And sometimes we don't really talk about our emotions. There's a ton of people that I work with that we start by being like, OK, well, have you ever thought about your emotions? No, not really. Well, cool. Well, let's, you know, let's start doing that and and build this as a part of a like healthy lifestyle, being able to identify how we're feeling and think about what's going on. And it's I mean, it, it always is shocking to me because I'm so, you know, buried in the field and and enjoy the work that I do and the, the things that I'm involved with that someone wouldn't think about how they think or how they feel. But that's yeah. that's just because I'm in it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. So how are you, how are you guys kind of closing the loop on this? Cause you know, uh, you know, I, I think of a patient who, uh, who comes to South Carolina house calls, they, they show up, you know, they, they start getting seen by a provider. The provider says, Hey, you know, you have heart issues. So we're going to send you to the, you know, cardiac specialist that we have. Um, you maybe have diabetes. So we're going to send you to our diabetic specialist. We're also going to get you to a dietitian, but you also have anxiety issues, you know, and, and so then they say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to refer you to, you know, Brad and Sarah and, and Alexis to, to get some, you know, talk therapy and, and, you know, and included with, um, one of the psych nurse practitioners that, that are part of the specialist program as well, you know, so then they come to you, Brad, uh, you know, and, and you start working with them. How are you guys closing the loop to really help care for that, you know, to total, to give a total care 
um, kind of a total care package, if you will, for that patient? You know, are you guys able to communicate with the provider to kind of um, to kind of work as a team, you know, to provide that care? Yeah, I I mean, we communicate sporadically and it's, you know, we are spread out and it's I am a much better in-person person, person um, so sometimes I struggle on that end of of things. But absolutely, I mean, we're we're taking notes in the same system. Um, I have multiple NPs that reach out to me when they're worried about a patient or a situation. Um, I've reached out to them when I'm like, "Hey, man, there's this medical thing going on. They went to a hospital and they said a bunch of words that don't mean anything to me. Help." Right. Uh, sure. <laughs> You know, so we both kind of have have each other's backs in, in that way. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, we we're a team. We kind of close that loop. And uh, a, a big thing that I'm actually pretty passionate about, I, I have a team from the university that might be looking at some research into this um, is is folks in rural areas mm. where there may be one therapy provider out there um, or none or no help, or they may not be able to get there. And so we're able to connect with folks um, over the phone or via video and and really provide this to people in either a much more convenient way or in a way that, that they wouldn't have been able to access otherwise. Sure. Uh, and, and both of those things make a huge difference in the way that we're able to deliver mm-hmm. um, therapy. Some, some drawbacks are that some people really want that in-person support. And we, we can't really offer that. We don't have a way to do that right now, but any of those folks I work with, I'm like, you know, for, forget our sessions, let's spend some time together and let's find someone in your area. I'm, I'm not worried about whether or not this is technically a session or not. Let's get you hooked up with what you need. And I'm, I'm happy to support NPs and our patients in that process as well. Sure. Absolutely. But, but I think too, I think people are, you know, getting, used to this idea that, you know, we can do this virtually through telehealth and, and different things like that. You know, you look yeah. at, you know, the rise of, you know, online counseling, like better help and, and different things yeah. um, that are out there that, and I think people are getting used to that. They're realizing, you know what, I don't have to be in person. And sure. Right. There's some people they are just going to prefer that. And that's, that's fine. You know, um, but I think, you know, we're already in the future there when it comes to that. But I think people are just going to become more and more and more comfortable with seeing a counselor, you know, via, you know, a video or just phone, you know. Um, yeah. And so so I think that's that's just unbelievable. Let, let's talk for a second about, you know, we talk about kind of what to refer to you guys and, and, you know, how these providers can really kind of get you those patients that you can really help. What are some reasons why they may not, may not refer to you? What are some things that you you guys don't do or you don't, um, kind of take on? Um, so some, some big things we don't take on. One is, you know, um, and I've seen a number of referrals for this, so this is why I want to talk about it, is, is dementia and individual therapy. Mm. We do have some opportunity to maybe provide some education to the family. Um, if it's early, early stages of dementia, this might be an option. But sure. with later stages of dementia, when folks are nonverbal, talk therapy doesn't do very much for someone that's nonverbal. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and it's a 
terrible situation and and obviously i do not want to not provide care where it's helpful but i feel like that's really important to express that there are people that we can't see because if, if i'm not benefiting you I'm, I'm actually doing you a disservice and, and just costing you money and time yeah um, and that that's not really helpful to anyone um some other big examples um, that have come up a little bit recently for us is um, developmental disabilities um, obviously ask if they have a support system in place there is therapy that works with that um, ddsn is a is a um, a state agency that works with developmental disabilities um, huge deal but not really something we're able to really support or or help and, yeah. and so that's a big limitation um children um i'm very i have not worked with children and sure. there's a different rule set with with children that involves parents and families and all of this stuff Absolutely. Um, if we wind up bringing on a therapist that does that kudos to them it's not something i have a lot of experience with and neither does anyone on my staff right now yeah. so we haven't really been taking those on um and um let's see I'm trying to think of if, if there's anything that I'm missing. Um, you, you know, another big thing is just connectivity. I mean, do, do they have a phone that works? Do they know how right. to operate their phone? Um, and, and is it something that that they, the individual, wants to be engaged in? I get a number of referrals. And, and again, I'm sure NPs are asking and are going over the stuff. And that parent or um, the child wants their mother in therapy or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's great. But if your family member doesn't actually want to talk to me, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not going to go very well. Right. Um, and so, you know, just looking out for those situations um, where maybe it wouldn't be appropriate for us to be involved. Um, and of, of course, I mean, I've had multiple people say to me, well, well, Brad, we get confused. We aren't therapists. Cool, man. You don't know. Send me a message. Sure. Uh, Athena, text me, email me. Um I'm happy to to consult on a case with you. Put put the order in. Go ahead and do it, and then call me. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk about whether or not it's appropriate. And if we deti- decide it's not appropriate, we'll close it. Um, you know, I just please communicate with me. I I, I want that. I I want to be. You, you know, I, I'm calling it an open door, but I know no one can see me because we're all spread out. But like an, <laughs> an open phone line, please reach out to me. Yeah. Um, if I'm in session, I'm not going to pick up, but, you know, I will get back to you. I promise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I just I think this is such a, a great tool that to, to provide, you know, complete care uh, yeah. for pe- for people that they really needed it, and especially in this time, because. I'm sure, you know, with, with, you know, being in a pandemic, we've, we've, there's no doubt you've seen a rise in mental health issues and depression and anxiety and, and, and and so much of that. And we're, and we're not out of that pandemic. Matter of fact, things are spiking right now and we're kind of getting back into that and where people are isolating again. So, you know, I just think it's so important, um, for these mental health services right now. Well, and our, um, I mean, to be honest with you, the last, probably the last couple of weeks, I've had a number of, of healthcare professionals yeah. um, end up in, in my services and in, in varying areas of healthcare, but that are, are really going through it that are like, you know, this is, 
you know, I, I signed on to help people and I feel like I'm being run into the ground. <laughs> yeah, sure. Now that, that being said, now you and Sarah and, and myself, we also have a podcast called the thriving practitioner podcast. Give people yeah. an, give people a snapshot of what that's about and who that's for. I mean, that is for anyone in, in healthcare, any of our employees. I mean, I would love for everyone to be listening to that. Sarah and I and, and you have just really just had some really open, frank discussions about different aspects of self-care, different things that we do to care for ourselves and maybe different things that we aspire to do and, and are not doing so good at doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. And just how we kind of manage being in this this helping profession um and and trying to keep ourselves okay because i mean this this stuff goes home with you sometimes whether we want it to or not absolutely yeah it's it's so necessary the the caregivers got to take care of themselves and i just think that's a great tool to be able to do that and uh yeah so if you're listening and you you're a caregiver you're or you just want you know to take better care of yourself and and need some tips uh, that you can utilize and learn um, it's the Thriving Practitioner podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. Anywhere there's podcasts, basically, you can find that. Uh, it's also at um, the Thriving Practitioner Podcast.com. You can go right to the website and uh, you can you can listen there as well. So, Brad, um, thanks so much for being a part of this and just kind of talking about kind of your guys' services and how to refer and what you know what's a, a you know good patient. For you guys, and I just think that helps um, for people to understand. I think it's, I think it's a great thing. So, Brad, thanks so much. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at ltcuniversitypodcast.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network, the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton experiencing healthcare with Matt Staub and coming soon, the thriving practitioner podcast. Thanks again for listening. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.